Uh, we're going to continue on in a series we just started last week called Be the Church. And uh, as we got together last week, we started to talk about what that means, what the church is. And remember, I told you that the church is it's always about people. Uh, and that it, it's either referring to, when you read about the church, all of the believers from the time of Jesus until now, or it's referring to uh, a specific group of people, a group of people in a specific place. That's the church. So we're the church. You and I are the church. Right now, we're the church gathered corporately. But when we leave here in a little while, we'll still be the church. You'll just be the church on mission. And my hope is that you get the idea in that church isn't something that we do. Church is something that we are. And that's significant in what we're doing together. And I also want to begin to weave in another one of the, the themes through this um, series, which, which will be this, that we're to be outward uh, upward and inward, upward, inward, and outward. And that's based off the Ten Commandments, and we'll dig into that today. But that's significantly important for us. And both those ideas I have wristbands for because, you know, I like wristbands. They're in the back there. Uh, one says, be the church, and one says, uh, outward, up, uh, out, upward, outward, and inward. So get those, and, and uh, just to be thinking about this series. The other thing that I want to add as we continue to, to press on is as we talk about being the church, I don't want it to sort of feel like, now these are all the things that we have to add to our already busy lives, that we're going to be piling these things on. Um, Being the church comes from uh, realizing who we are in Christ and yielding to the Holy Spirit and and that we understand that we're not doing it in our strength, but His strength. And, And then as we realize that, what happens is all of these things have to come from a place where we're at rest. And, and in particular, our souls need to be at rest. And so we have to start talking about that now before we start talking about the other stuff so we realize where this comes from. And it comes out of our relationship with the Lord. So these are the things that we're going to be working into today. And I, I want to talk about, uh, uh, in particular, our soul rest today and why that's important. So that's the intro. Transition, always a bad joke or two or three. The letter T has just been banned. Now we'll never hear the end of it. It's funny. I I just don't care. So we'll stay on the letter theme. Why is the letter B so cool? Because it's sitting in the AC. I know. Last one. The tree didn't understand why the lumberjack cut it down. It was stumped. Scripture reading here on purpose. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Blessed be the word of the Lord. That is a powerful passage of Scripture that Jesus tells us and um, isn't it? I, I just love the way it sounds. And, and that's how we're supposed to be living uh, this life in Christ, in, a, in this place of rest. where With Jesus, there's rest for our souls. And yet, everybody understands that they think we are significantly impacted by our culture. And uh, it, it impacts all of us. And in, in trying to look for a word that would sort of describe our culture, the word that always comes back to me is the idea of the word of, of hurry or hurried. 
We, we live in a, in a place where everything is urgent. Everything is about right now. It's, it's, it's fast-paced. It has to happen. It's, it's all about, you know, uh, production and, and work and everything taking place now. And we, we've gotten to the point where we don't like to wait for anything. We, we don't like to wait for our Internet connection. If it's, not, you know, if it's not as fast as we think it should be, we get frustrated. If the computer's not doing what we want, if, we, you know, if the, the, uh, one minute on the microwave seems like two hours, and we often can't even let the minute finish out without popping it open before, because we're that much of a hurry all the time. And so this is impacting all of us. And the church, uh, the Scripture's clear that, that God wants for the church. He wants His people to be a people of joy and peace. And yet, if we, if we get honest and start looking at the church, um, it, it very much looks like the culture and the fact that it's, it's just worn out and tired and stressed and anxious and worried. And so there's, there's something going on, and all of it has to do with our souls not being at rest. And so we, we need to look at that and some of the things that are going on with that uh, in the process. And so I want to, if we can, take a little moment and pop back into the Old Testament. You know, I like to do that from time to time. I want to talk about the Exodus for a minute. Something happens there. Remember, Exodus is very important, that theme. It's the idea of being delivered from um, bondage and slavery and going into the promised land. And that, that it, you know, it was a time and event for the people of Israel. But we, we also have our own Exodus in Jesus who's come and he's rescued us from slavery and bondage to sin and he's made a way for us into the promised land. And so this, this theme is important. We see it throughout Scripture. So, point number one. Let my people go. And so it's the, it's the story of Exodus. It's about leaving bondage and slavery and heading to the promised land. And if you remember, God enters into this uh, story at, at the burning bush and appearing to Moses. And uh, he tells Moses, go to Pharaoh. It's time that, that my people were set free. And they have a lot of discussion about how that's going to happen and everything. But ultimately, Moses heads over to see Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. Let me read you this story through verse 9. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I shall obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, where he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous and you're stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave his order to, uh, this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You're no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. But require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They're lazy. That is why they're crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Now, as we, as we read through that passage, I, I hope what you see is that Pharaoh is only concerned about work, production. He wants what he believes his false gods wants, which is more. They want work, they want production, and that's all that they care about through this process. And Moses comes along and he says, wait a minute, God wants us to go out and have a festival uh, out in the wilderness. And Pharaoh says, gods don't do that. That's nothing like what gods are. Gods don't want parties. 
Gods want work. Gods want production. They don't want feasts. They want work. And, and you see the, the clash that begins to take place. And, and so Pharaoh goes, so obviously your God is no God at all, and so I'm not going to let that happen. In fact, I just think you're lazy and you don't want to do the work that you're here for because oh, the only reason that you're here is to make bricks. So I'm going to stop the straw from going to you. Get your own straw, but don't stop making that exact same number of bricks. So in Egypt... It's all about work. It's all about production. People have no value. Uh, they have no meaning. They have no significance. They're just there to work and to perform in the process. So in the burning bush, what happens is God makes this magnificent entrance, uh, entrance into the story so that he can set his people free from slavery and bondage and bring them to a place of rest. They have no rest, and he wants them to have rest and peace because people weren't created to live like that. So, so they're in this commodity environment where there's no rest, and God rescues them and brings them out. And it's significant, you understand, that's what's taking place in the Exodus and what it looks like. So God supernaturally delivers them. I'm not going to go into that whole story, but you know it through a series of plagues and, and then, you know, the, the parting of the Red Sea, and Pharaoh is pursuing them, and he crashes the sea over them, and they're free. And now they're out, and they're learning to trust God and what that looks like. And he says something fascinating. The second point is this. He says, I brought you out of the land of Egypt. We're going to introduce something here in a moment. And, and I want you to know that, that that statement is what God uses when he gives his people the Ten Commandments. And we'll look at that. So, uh, so kind of remember that. So the Ten Commandments, which are actually the Ten Words, is how they're, they're there, but we've gotten those Ten Commandments. Um, God gives them to a people who have already been delivered. They've already been rescued. They've already been set free. In effect, they've already been saved. And he gives them these ten words. So these commandments were never the way that we could earn our deliverance or our salvation or our freedom. That was never what they were intended for. And yet, over time, we've kind of taken those commandments and we, we, thought, we think of them, oh, that's the law. And so these are a law things and we have to perform and we have to work. But the reality is the Ten Commandments, they're not a law thing, they're a love thing. And, and what they are, they're, they're about people that have been delivered and rescued by the mighty hand of God, which is us. This is how now we're supposed to operate in the world, in, in community. We're to be people that love the way God does. And we're to love God and we're to love others as we love ourselves. And that's what's happening in those Ten Commandments. Uh, the first three are all about loving God. If you read them, the last six are all about loving others, and they're bridged together, they're tied together by, by a, a commandment that's all about the importance of rest. And see, it's, if we don't get the idea of rest in there, we won't do the first three and we won't do the last six. And that one about rest is really how we learn to love ourselves and what that looks like, having our souls be at rest. And so, so that's the, the part that we need to grow from. And that's the whole idea of being uh, upward and outward and inward. It's this idea of what's taking place as God deliv delivers and gives his people these words to live by. So we need to begin to understand that's what's taking place. And he says that, that whole process, he begins by saying this. And he could have said anything as he's about to deliver these people. He said, Exodus 20, verse 1, And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. See, the people were in a dysfunctional culture of, of work and production where they didn't count and they had no value as people in and of themselves. They're commodities in that place where everything is about performance. 
But the true God is not about performance. He's about relationship. And we need to understand that in this process. And that's why it's so important. And see, when everything is, is urgent and, and, and production-based and hurried in the process, we can't have authentic relationships with God or with people, which is what it's all about. If, if we're in that place, uh, what we do in our relationship with God is, is really what God becomes is someone who's just there to help us encourage, uh, you know, to accomplish what we think we want to do. That's what we sort of reduce God to. And, and our relationship with people, people get treated one of two ways, either as a nuisance, you're in my way, or as someone I can use to accomplish what I want to accomplish. But neither of those are the life-giving, authentic relationships that God has called us to in this life. They come out of a place that's just busy and hurried and hurried and, and pushing and, and rushing in the process. And we're to be a people of rest on this journey. And so we need to understand that. And God spoke these words to his people so that they would be a light to the nations around them, that they would have such authentic life that everybody would want to know what it was and be a part of it. It's still that way for us today. He wants us in this authentic relationship with him and with others that we make a difference in the world around us. So we need to talk about this third thing as we go on, which is the difference between being busy and hurried. And there's a significant difference. Because a lot of us are busy, and busy in itself isn't a problem, but hurried is. I, I read the scriptures often. I, I like to read about what Jesus' life was like. And I, I, I would say that Jesus was busy. Would, would you, if you read that? I mean, he's got three years to basically turn the entire world around. And he does that, and he's busy. He's, he's on the go. But you can never find Jesus hurried anywhere. He's never in a hurry, ever. It just doesn't happen. I read it all the time. It's not in the book. He's never hurried in the process. And, and yet, our culture has so impacted us that we tend to be constantly hurried. Um, you know, I often joke about driving on the road and how frustrated I get sometimes with other drivers. Not about me, per- because I'm obviously a perfect driver, but um, who never makes a mistake and never needs grace on the highway. Um, it's just everybody else. But, but why we get so enraged sometimes when people cut us off or do those things is because we're hurried. See, we're trapped in, in that dysfunctional part of our culture where it's all about us and we've got to go and we've got to be and we've got to do and we've got all these things happening. And so all those things, are, they feel very personal. But, but if we're at rest, those things just don't matter. They're just not significant. But see, that's the tendency that we have is that we get, we get all caught up in what's going on. So we have to start realizing... Um, that, that if we stay in a place where we're restless, if we stay in that place of no rest, then, then we're, we're not going to have an authentic relationship with God and we're not going to have an authentic relationship with others and we're never going to figure out how to love ourselves in that place. And, and we, we don't have an impact on the world around us, which is what the church is supposed to have. Church, we're supposed to have an impact on the world around us for the kingdom of God. I want to read you the, the verse I started with, but I want to read it out of the message paraphrase. This is again Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30. Are you tired? That's a good question. Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced... My thing slipped the slide. I'm so sorry. Uh, 
Learn the unforth wisdom, rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So I just love to read that passage. Um, I, I love how it sounds. And I would think most of us would think that's right. That's how we that's what we want to be. That's what life should look like. That's what we're supposed to have. And yet we're just caught up with our culture in this other mess. And, and so the reality is that being hurried is an inner condition. It's a condition of the soul. And what it is, we, we become so preoccupied with ourself and, and our own life that we're not able to be fully present in the moment. We're not able to to live in the moment, and, and yet that's where we really find life. That's where we connect with God. That's where everything is, is happening. And, and so, so I can't be there for anybody else, and I can't be there with God, and I can't be there for myself, and so I'm not experiencing the kind of life that we're supposed to experience. Let me, let me tell you this. You, you might want to write this one sentence down. If you don't hear anything else today, take this and, and chew on this one. Busyness migrates to hurry when we let it squeeze God out of our lives. That's pretty powerful, I think. That's the difference. When, when we become so busy that there's no place for God in our lives, that's where we're hurried and there's no rest in our soul there. And that impacts everything we do. I can't experience the full and abundant life that Jesus has come for me if I'm, if I'm in that hurried place. I just can't. And, and, and listen, a rested soul is the easy yoke that Jesus is talking about in our verses today. That's what he said. That's the easy. You know that word easy doesn't happen very often in the New Testament? I think it only happens three times. And, and because this isn't easy. This is a fallen world on a broken planet. I get that. And there's circumstances and there's tragedies and there's things that go on. But as his people, there's a place for us of rest where we find life. And it's when our souls are at rest. And so we need to be aware of what's going on when we're not at rest. Because when your soul's not at rest, that's when you're going to go out and start doing things that you shouldn't do. That's when you're going to turn to other things for comfort. That's when you're going to make really bad choices in your life. And so you have to realize that your soul's not at rest. And, and I think we all have it, uh, that, that understanding. You just need to really sort of connect with it. And when things feel unsettled and you tend to be anxious and worried and, or upset or annoyed or whatever it might be, it's a soul issue. It's not a circumstance issue. It's a soul issue. And so you have to do what you need to do in order to get your soul at rest instead of just going to try and fix it in your own strength. Fortunately, Jesus is our model for life and ministry. I always tell you that. And, and I've been reading some things. Alice and I were on a walk the other day, and we were having a discussion, and she asked me uh, when she was telling me about her favorite book at, at this point in time in the Scriptures, the book of James, and she was telling me why. And she said, what's your favorite book? And I had to think about it for a moment because you know, every time I have a scripture up, it's my favorite. And uh, I, I love the whole book. But I said, you know, probably it's the Gospel of Luke. And she said, how come? I said, well, because in Luke you can see Jesus living this life in such an amazing way that we wouldn't, we, we, if we're not aware of how he was, we would think it would be completely different. And his, the things that he shows us are about how we too get to this place of rest in our souls and we keep from going from busy to hurried in the process. And so there's a little list, if not a complete list, of things that are going on with Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. And here's some things that he did to make sure that he stayed at rest. First, he prayed. If you ever read through the Gospel of Luke and see how often Jesus is praying, withdrawing and praying. He's going to hang out with the Father. 
because he realizes how important it is. He had a lot of other stuff going on, and yet he always made time to go and pray because he understands that's where we find this place of rest in our souls. He had a circle of close friends. There's something about relationship with people that is significant you were wired to have in your life and so you need to cultivate friendships some people say well i don't have any friends how do we do that be a good friend and it starts from there and it grows from there he had a he had a great circle of friends i hope when you read the scriptures you you have this picture of jesus and the disciples having fun i believe they had a blast don't they 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 were busy and they had a lot of things going on and they faced all that i just think they had fun together all the time i think they were telling bad jokes and they were they were doing all this stuff i really believe that and they, they enjoyed it. And they got to... Yeah, I just think about them going, you know, Jesus would do some sort of miracle. And they'd be like, did you see that? And then later on when they were out doing those same things and things would happen, like, did you see that? I, that they, they was a blast. So you, you, you do things with your friends that, that are good for your soul. And you need to have that. Jesus engaged in regular cor- corporate worship at the synagogue. The synagogue would have been the church of the day. And, and Jesus went there regularly. He understood the value of getting together and what that means. We need to understand that. That, that it's important to get together. We're, we're on the Internet all the time now. We have a lot of people that watch online. I think that's great. But there's something very powerful in making sure that you take time to get here whenever you can. That's a great fill-in. But, but we need this in our lives to keep our souls at rest. He fed his mind with Scripture. I always kind of tease about that because Jesus actually is the Word. But, uh, but he knew the Word and he studied the Word and he talked about the Word and he shared the Word and those things because it's powerful. It's one of my things with you all the time. I exhort you, spend time in the book. Most amazing thing that there's ever been. It's alive. Read it. Enjoy it. Study it. Meditate on it. Look at it as a story. It's crazy. He enjoyed God's creation. All part of his journey. I, I just, you know, they were on the water and they, they through, the, through all of the things that he created and walking through Israel and everywhere that he went, he just enjoyed that connection. He took long walks. There's something about a long walk that's powerful and it's settling to your soul. And when you don't have time for a walk, it just means you're, you're, you're hurried instead of busy. You need to find time, if you can, to go on. It connects you again and it's, it's just helpful to get out there and do those things. He welcomed little children and he blessed them. So important for the church to, to be a place where children are welcomed and blessed. And, and I'm always so pleased to watch all the kids come up here. You know, years ago, Alice and I, we started inviting the children to come up many years ago. And we were a much, much smaller group. We always took time there. We decided that we wanted it right in the service so that everybody could hear them and see them and pray for them because the, the value that God has for them. And we wanted to make sure we were blessing that in the process because it's what Jesus does. And it's part of us staying rested in him and keeping our souls rest. Also, this is important, and we'll look at this as we go through the process. He enjoyed hanging out with non-religious types. That's important because we have a tendency to, once we are in um, the kingdom, to just hang out with other people that are in, which is cool. But if we get too involved in just being with people that are in, we tend to get pretty critical pretty fast. And, and we're not very kind. And there's something about being with people that don't yet know Jesus that reminds you of the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God and keeps us in a place where we're loving and kind and compassionate and all those things that we're supposed to be to help people come in. So these are the things that will help us to keep our soul at rest. And my encouragement is when you, when you catch yourself starting to feel not at rest, take a moment, pray, read the scripture, get with a friend, take a walk, do something like that until you're at rest again and then proceed from there. Because that's where you find life. So I wanted those things in us before we continued on in this series. series, But we're going to end it with there for now. Ministry team, those of you that are here, 
You can head over that wall. The people over there are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, they're going to make sure you get it. Um, But I'm going to pray for you as a group. And then we can have second breakfast and dismiss. Papa, thank you so much for your goodness to us and your love for us. You're such an awesome God. Thank you that you want us to experience amazing lives that make a difference in the world around us. And yet you want us to do it with with our soul at rest. And, And Papa, help us stay connected to you so that not only we might live that life, but be used by you to make a difference in the world around us. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are such an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer this morning for anything, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationship, problems, finances, situations, whatever. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that this morning too. It's humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken. Like all the rest of us here, you've sinned. Asking Him to forgive you, which He'll do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you have never prayed a simple prayer like that, do it today. Best decision you will ever make. If you need help, just go over there and ask somebody and say, Hey, I want to know Jesus. And they'll know what you mean and they'll pray that prayer. So if you need prayer for any of those things, please make sure you get them. If you're going to stay and have breakfast with us, Lord, thank you for the food you provided and everybody who makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service, God, so they can hear about your amazing love for them as well. You are an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to death. Prayers over there. Breakfast will be back there. As you go, be kind to one another in the parking lot. And as you drive... Have a great day. Enjoy the weather. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.